that took place in the minds and hearts of those people who were religious people, but uh, they wanted to destroy him. They've been wanting to destroy him for three years, three and a half years. And they finally did. They finally thought that they had succeeded. But instead of destroying him, they released him. They released him from the flesh in order that he might be the passport, that he might be the means by which you and I reach God the Father. Because that evil and that deception and that spitting and that saying of sayings of ridicule, derogatory remarks, and mocking him was only a description of those of us who deny Christ and who refuse to accept that we are his creation that we're very precious and important in his sight. And in this Roman letter, the Apostle Paul has gone through the Asia and he has taught people about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We today celebrate as a sort of a nation and a world that believes in Christ but it's a great day. It's, uh, it's Easter, and that didn't start till seven, eight hundred years after he really suffered when uh, the word Easter came in, as I said this morning, from the word Esther, which just took the place of the word suffer, his suffering. Uh, his suffering had been celebrated for seven, eight hundred years before they gave it the name Easter. But it had been planned centuries before, even since man had fallen in the garden. And the Apostle Paul, in this Roman letter, I want you to look at the beginning with the, the first verse of the first chapter. He's a servant of Jesus Christ. He's called to be an apostle. He separated unto the gospel of God, that is the death, burial, and resurrection. That's his death, burial, and resurrection for us, that he might be our means of going to God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And this has been planned from the time that man, even before the world was, God planned that he would create man, and he knew that man would certainly have the choice of not serving him, but were serving devil, the devil, and that it would be a possibility that the very person, his son, that created man, would have to give himself for man. And the third verse says, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David. That's what we talk about, that they denied that he was the son of God. But he was the seed of David, but he was the son of God before he ever became the seed of David. And it was the Holy Spirit that caused the seed, or caused the life that came from God 
and to be put in the uh, egg and become a human being. And that is just a miracle. And we can explain that. We just believe that. That's what the Old and the New Testament's all about. That's the reason the linguist put the 39 books in the Old Testament and the 27 in the New, because they all carry that theme. They weren't people of theology necessarily. They were just people that said, say, this book belongs here because it carries the same theme. And the grammar and the content of the book needs to be in this group of books. And God planned all of that. And he planned it so that we human beings in this earth can believe in him. Now, I want you to look at that fourth verse. He was declared to be the Son of God with power. He was declared to be the Son of God with power. According to the Spirit of Holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. It was by the resurrection from the dead that he was declared to be this, the Son of God. And that's the reason this is a very important day for a lot of people who usually just take one time a year to think about the resurrection day in the Church of Christ. We celebrate it every first day. We believe the Bible teaches that. Every first day of the week is an Easter for us. And we rejoice and we thank God that we can worship him, that we can walk in him, that we can pray through him, and that we can love him, and that he can help us. And it was by this, that fifth verse says, by whom we have received grace and apostleship, but we have received it, and Paul received it, you know what for? for the obedience to the faith among all nations. That's the ongoing activity that keeps us in touch with Christ. Now I want you to go back with me to Mark, where we were this morning, if you will. The book, the first, the second book in the New Testament is Matthew, Mark, the, we're going to go to about the 15th chapter. This morning we were at the end of this, uh, the 14th, and uh, while we were in the 15th, and uh, we were there where they crucified him, the 15th chapter, and the scriptures were fulfilled. Look at the 31st verse, where they mocked him and said, Save thyself, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking, said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. Now, you know how little faith they had? Now, Mark didn't tell us when that person cut off that ear of one of the soldiers that Jesus just reached down and put it back on. They didn't even recognize that. 
That's how blind and stubborn man can be. And Jesus, right before their eyes, was going to be sacrificed as an atonement for every sinner that was present. And he's the sacrifice for us. If it wasn't for us, we couldn't go to God. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Three hours, there was a miracle. Not only did he pick up the air and put it back on, and they saw it whole, but there was darkness. He was there six hours, but three hours of that was darkness. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, Lamont, Sabbathanai, which being translated is, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, why did he say, Why hast thou forsaken me? That's the 22nd Psalm. That's when all the sin of all the people from Adam, from the time we sinned until the end of time was laid on our Savior. And God turned his head. The very existence of the Father. But he did it that he loves us and he wants to save us. And some of them that stood by when he heard it said, Behold, he called for Elijah. And one man ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave it to drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice, and he gave up the Spirit. And the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, which showed that the Old Testament had completely been done away with, and that was only a figure and a shadow of when man could really have forgiveness of sins. All of the animals' blood that had been saved was nothing. It meant nothing if Jesus hadn't shed his blood. And when the centurion stood, he over against him, he saw, and he said, this, this had to be the Son of God. Truly, this was the Son of God. Now the women, look at Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and many other women. Look at that 41st verse. Thank God that we have people that are touched, and maybe women are a little bit more able to empathize at death. Where were the men? Where were the men? Where was Peter? Where were his apostles? Thank God that they could stand in there and do what they did. We need them. And Jesus knew that. And when the evening was come, because it was a preparation, Joseph Arimathea, an honorable counselor, he was a Jew. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. He didn't line up with those people who, who cursed him and tried to kill him and did kill him. He came and he was waiting for the kingdom of God. Bless his heart. He, he believed that the kingdom was coming. And he came and went in boldly unto Pilate 
and crave the body of Jesus. Now, old, old Pilate, why I told him, said, don't you have it? I've had so many dreams. Don't you have anything to do with that man? I know God, he's an innocent man. And he washed his hands and said, well, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do this to please the people. And he did. But did you know, he, he allowed this man to take this body. And Pilate marveled if it were he was already dead. And calling on him the centurion, he asked him, well, how long has he been? Has he been dead for a while? Yes, he was. God who in the days of his flesh, having offered up strong cries and tears unto him who was able to save him from death, God could have saved him from death, and he may have saved him from death. He may have cut it short. But he gave his life because that's the only way you and I can ever reach God. And when God sees us today, he doesn't see us. He sees Jesus Christ. And the only people that he hears are the people who believe in Jesus Christ. And he doesn't see your sins and your, and your waywardness and your lack of respect and your lack of confessing and acknowledging God. He just sees you as if you acknowledge him as a son of God and then he grants you forgiveness and grace that he'd do for his son. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. Now, Joseph, he was a rich man. He bought fine linen and took him down and he wrapped him in the linen and laid him in the sepulcher. His sepulcher never had been used. It was a crypt. I've been over there. I've seen it in 1973. If it's the one, I don't know. But anyway, if it's one like one. It's just in a, a rock and it's skewed out. It's empty. They rolled away the stone under the door of the sepulcher. And, uh, and Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph beheld, boy, they, they were right there at the last point. They were with him right to the last thing, last prayer that we'd say today that you pray. You have a funeral and you, and you say that last prayer. They were right there. Where were the rest of them? I don't know. Maybe they were hurrying too bad to be there. Maybe they'd given up. Maybe they said, well, he, he wasn't the son. He wasn't the son of God like we thought he was. I don't know. I know Peter cursed and swore that he never knew him when he said he wouldn't. But you know, on the Sabbath day, when this all happened, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, uh, they brought sweet spices and they might come and anoint him. Isn't that wonderful? Who is that caring? Who cares? He's dead. He's dead, but it's in the, you know, anything you do... No, he's, he's not. He wasn't there. And I'll tell you, the reason it means something to us today is because he overcame that death is the reason why we'll never die if we believe in him. Very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came in the sepulchre at the rise of the sun, and they said among themselves, Well, who shall roll away the stone 
from the door of the sepulcher. And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And you know, in the other, Matthew and Luke and John and the rest of them, they tell us God had it rolled away. People in heaven, the unseen, and entering into the sepulcher, they, they didn't have to do anything but just go in. Their spices, they could do away with them. Hey, they don't need them. He's not dead. He's alive. He's not stinking. He doesn't smell. They didn't need those to make him smell good. They saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were afraid. And one of the gospel records said they saw two of them. And he said to them, be not afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. They knew what he was, what they were looking for. And they said, He is risen. He is not here. Behold, the place where they laid him. Behold, where they laid him. Well, that was hard to believe. We saw him dead. They saw them crucified. They saw them spit on him. They saw all of this happen. And it's hard for them to say, and you know, one of them says, she said in, in one of the records, she says she thought it was a gardener. And she says, well, what, what have you done with him? And it was the Lord himself. And when he called her name, he, she knew him. He'd cast out seven devils out of that lady. And we don't even believe in the devil a lot of times. We just let him take on our whole life and... We just have greed, and we have envy, and we have hate, and we have resentment, and we have a lack of faith. And Jesus came to deliver us from that rascal. And he's a liar and a cheat and a no-good person. And he wants every one of us. And you know what this said? Go your way. Tell his disciples... And Peter, why did he say in Peter? Well, Peter had, had cursed and swore that he never knew him. And then he said before that, he said, Lord, I'll die with you. I won't ever deny you. That shows how we lie. Just how we are. That's the way every one of us will do if you put us under the right pressure. You're not any better than Peter. I'm not any better than Peter. That just gets a good look at the humanity. And the only way we can overcome it is to say the only way we can be good and can be holy is, is through Christ and his blood and to acknowledge our sin. You see, you go tell the disciples, you tell Peter. I want Peter to know. Oh, he's always been out front. He went with me on the mount when I was transfigured there, and I, we talked about my death. He said he wouldn't let anything come between him. Yeah, he won't speak. And he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he said unto you. Now they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man. They were scared. I think I'd be scared too, but you know, we don't have to be scared. 
I think we're in denial a lot of times. We don't know how blessed we are. Jesus is to the right hand of God, and he loves every one of us just as much as he loved Peter or Paul or any of the rest of them. He loves every last one of us. I don't care if you think you're ugly, if you think you're uh, uneducated, or whatever you do, you're his creation. He made you. He caused you to be born, and he gave you the life, and he still gives you the life. Whether you've confessed him or not, the life and the breath that you have is from him. And that's how great he is. And they were afraid. And we don't have to be afraid anymore. Because he overcame the devil. And when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. Can you, can you imagine people weeping and crying? It's good. They ought to be crying because they'd lost Jesus. He's very important. And it's good to cry when you lose somebody that way. And she, she went and she told them. And you know, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, you know, they didn't believe it. Well, don't be surprised. There's people today who don't believe it. There's people today who don't pray. They don't believe he's there seeing every last person who's alive on the earth. It's going around 160 miles per second at one time, and it's going around another way for a year. It goes around this way of the sun, and it's doing this way over 24 hours. And we're on it. We're eating and drinking. And Jesus is away wherever he is. He's at the right hand of the throne of God. And he knows every last one of us. And he wants us to live forever and ever. And he might have a number of stars, a number of planets that he puts us over. Or we may visit all of them. I don't know. We inherit with him. But you know, after that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went unto the country. Emmaus. You know, that's the Emmaus road. That's the one that, that, uh, that we have in Luke. And I want you to just turn over there, 24th chapter of Luke, just for a minute. And I want you to look at that uh, scene that he brings in here, what happens. Now, this is the first lesson that he taught after he was raised from the dead. But he taught this way for three and a half years. But he taught this lesson. And uh, that's the 13th verse of the 24th chapter of Luke. And behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now, they don't believe either. They're like those women that were told and they didn't believe. They'd been told this, and they still didn't believe, and they're going to tell Jesus about it. 
and their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Well, we don't know all about that. I don't know whether they were in denial or whether they say, well, hey, he's dead. They crucified him, so that couldn't be Jesus. I don't know. We just don't know about that. And the scriptures don't explain it. But I know one thing, they didn't recognize it. And he said unto them, What manner of communion are these that ye have one to another, as ye walk and are sad? He even knew how they, that they had a sad effect in their life. They were depressed. And one of them said, named Cleopas, answering and said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which have come to pass in these days? He said unto them, Well, what things? Now, if anybody knew about it, Jesus did. But he's asking them. That's sort of ironic, isn't it? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and now the chief priests, the rulers, delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. <laughs> but we trusted that he had been such a one to redeem Israel, and beside all of this, today, the third day, these things were done. Yea, and certain of the women, the foolish people, they also, of our company, made us astonished, and they just drove us out of our mind nearly when they came and they were to sepulcher and when they found not his body they came saying that that they had had a vision of angels which said it is a lie boy it's hard for them to get a hold of that isn't it it's hard for us too isn't it we're the body of Christ we who believe in him and Christ lives in us And certain of them which were at the sepulchre and found it even as so as the women had said, but him they saw not. They didn't see him, but they said the tomb was empty. And he said unto them, Oh, oh foolish, foolish people. I've been with you three and a half years. I've gone over the scriptures. I've told you this is going to happen. I told you it's going to be raised from the dead. And you still didn't get it. We still don't get it, do we? A lot of times. We act in envy and hate and resentment and indifference and, and we don't pray to God and we, we think things are going to happen to us bad and we don't know what we, what's going to happen. And yet Jesus said, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the earth. Just trust in me. They're not the only ones that didn't believe. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Oh, God, help us. Help us to see our indifference and our slowness of heart to believe, to reach out, and to share faith in Christ to people. He said, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to have entered into his glory? And you know what he was? He is so patient and so kind and so loving, and he's still that way. He started right back over. And he began with Moses and all the prophets. And he expounded. He was so patient unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. He said, I was the one. I'm the one. It's happened. They drew nigh unto the village with the and he, he made as though that he would have gone further. They constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is today. Lord Eden, and the day is far spent. And he went into Terry with them. 
And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open. I guess they got out of their denial or something. I don't know. We can't explain that. Their eyes were opened. And they knew him. And as soon as they knew him, he vanished. Now that shows that he said, Now, if you don't think Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, he can vanish and he can come and he can go. He can go. And you know where he goes? He goes to people who believe that he's that he's he is there. You don't believe he's there, he can't dwell in you. He doesn't stay where he is not wanted, where he's not loved, where he's not trusted. And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us when he talked with us by the way? And while he opened to us the scriptures, God be thanked that the powerful scriptures, and that's the reason we preach Christ. That's the reason we preach the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we just get the silver card and we say, it's meaningful when you see Christ. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and, and them that were with him, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. He had gotten to Peter. And they told what things were done in the way and how he had known was known of them in breaking the bread. And they were really excited about it and they were sharing it with people. And when he did, then Jesus appeared. He stood in the midst of them. Now he could just come through a wall after that. He could just appear anywhere. And he could appear now. But you know where he appears? He appears. He's in our hearts by faith, John, Paul said. He said, it is no longer I that liveth, but Christ liveth in me. In the life that I now live, I live by faith. Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is no longer I that liveth, but Christ liveth in me. It's a relationship. He said, peace be unto you. And they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen the Spirit. Well, he said, why are you troubled? And why do your thoughts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and, and behold my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for our spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see me have. Now what we have to do is believe that happened. That's where faith comes in. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I believe with all of my heart, and I know you do, if you believe the scripture, that that really happened. And Jesus was back in the flesh. But when Jesus went to heaven, he, uh, John says, we don't know what he'll be like, but we'll be like him when he is, when he comes. And flesh and blood does not enter the kingdom of heaven. But he ate fish. Now that's who we worship. We worship a person who can get in the flesh and get out of the flesh, but he's out of the flesh now forever, but he can dwell in the flesh only as he dwells in us by faith. Christianity isn't something to be sniffed at and sneezed at and made fun of, but we need to understand that it is that which is very important. He showed himself and he let them know that he was. And he went back over. In the closing of that, he went back over. And look what he did in 44. He went back over the Old Testament. And he showed that he fulfilled all the things that were written. And he opened their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures.
And what we need to do today is to do that. And then Luke closes his by saying, Thus it behoove Christ to suffer and rise from the dead. I want you to look at that 46 verse in their closing. Thus it behoove Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. You know what for? That repentance, that people should change. They should no longer try to live on their own, but they live on with God in Christ. Come to Him and let Him forgive you and hold you and, and care for you. And that's among all nations. And that began in Jerusalem. You know the first day that was preached? While there were 3,000 that responded to a sermon that he said, Jesus has been raised from the dead and he's at the right hand of God and he sent forth this which you now see and hear. And they cried out and said, Men and brethren, yes, we crucified him. What shall we do? And he said, You just repent. You change your ways. And you be baptized for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That promise is bound to you and to your children. That means to them that are far from the Gentiles from now on. And, that's, and the Lord added to the church daily such as be shaped. That's happening today. And that's what makes up the body of Christ. It's people who respond to him. It doesn't make up a denomination. The body of Christ is made up of believers. And believers are added to the church. And the church is the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is made up of believers. That's what the body of Christ is. And you have an opportunity tonight to take this lesson and to grow closer to God, Christ. And if you haven't believed and repented and been baptized into him, you can be a member of the body of Christ. Or if you haven't lived as you should, you need to have prayer. You can have that as we stand together and sing. Jesus, thou love, and upon your ear.